Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Kennard Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. This is a special program. I don't want to scare you. I'm not trying to to tell you that the end of the world is going to come yesterday or today. However, uh, Yeshua stated in Luke chapter 21, let's go there, Luke chapter 21, Luke chapter 21, verse 34. And he says, and take heed to yourselves. Let me read this in an amplified version here for clarity's sake. Uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 34. But take heed to yourselves in the Amplified Version of the Bible, take, but take heed to yourselves and be on your guard that not your hearts be overburdened and depressed, weighed down with the giddiness and headache and nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness, and worldly worries. Let me emphasize that word, worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. And that not unless that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. For it will come upon all who live upon the face of the entire earth. But for a special group of people, and they're only special uh, because they uh, obey the Torah, the instructions and doctrines of Yah, to the best of their abilities. He's talking about these particular people. Keep awake. And these people are awake. They're awake to world events. They're also awake uh, in reference to their spiritual condition. Because you can understand, if you have perfect understanding of prophecy, but if you don't have love, you don't keep Torah, or you don't um, care about people and and so forth, then all the prophecy in the world is not going to help you uh, escape all these things. It says, anyway, keep away, are you understanding all prophecy? Keep awake then and watch at all times. Be discreet, attentive, and ready. So we should be ready at all times. And let me just state this. We are certainly living in the end times, folks, but, hey, we could die tomorrow. I could die tomorrow. I mean, none of us know how long we're going to live, so we should always be ready, regardless of what's going on in the world or whatever. Now, in terms of what's going on in the world, we are certainly, and I've proven this uh, quite a few times on this program over the years, but if you need some current proof, uh, I implore you and motivate you to listen to my recent program on the Doomsday Clock. It is still three minutes. Why? Listen to that. It will give you some some biblical and outside 
biblical or secular evidence that we are still, that we are and have been living in the end times um, for several years now. However, it's escalating. So anyway, go ahead and listen to that program. Let me go ahead and continue to quote this uh, verse here. I only have uh, 30 minutes, actually less than 30 minutes now. Then I have to get back on the program at 1030 to talk about um, the Bible's concept of respect. Anyway, Luke 21, verse 36, Keep awake then and watch at all times. Be discreet, attentive, and ready, praying that you may have the full strength and ability and be accounted worthy to escape all these things. Now, this is as an individual that, that um, I'm starting to uh, read. Well, actually, I've read his material, and a lot of it, it makes sense. Uh, he has a website, escapeallthesethings.com. I recommend that you go to that website and review his information. Um it's, it's, it has impressed me enough uh, to refer people to his website. But what is the matter with being accounted worthy to escape all these things, folks? I, <laughs> I would want to escape all these things. You know, Yeshua wanted to escape being um, butchered. You know, when he was praying to his father in the garden, he was saying, hey, uh, let this cup pass for me if it be possible. So who who wants to go through pain? Who wants to go through suffering? So if there is a way to escape all this, folks, I, I would pay attention. He says right here, uh, pray, and he says pray. This is a commandment. Pray that you may have the full strength and ability and be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. I don't know about you folks, but I, I would love to escape all these things that are going to happen that are happening in the world as I speak. And so uh, this this is not a gloom and doom and all about gloom and doom here. But we have to have a healthy attitude about prophecy, and our people don't have that in these end times, unfortunately. Let's, let's go to Isaiah chapter 30 to prove my point. Isaiah chapter 30. And I'm sure that some people that have listened to this program, well, I'm not sure, but I hope they don't. But uh, I, I've I've seen posts on Facebook. Oh, uh, we shouldn't focus on on this and focus that. You know, Yeshua he says, and we should focus on that. True, but the Bible is one third prophecy. Thirty three percent of it is about prophetic events. Matter of fact, in Revelation chapter nineteen, hold your place in Isaiah chapter thirty. Let's turn to Revelation chapter nineteen, verse ten. It states the fact that Yah's people have the spirit of prophecy. It says right here, Worship Yah for the substance, essence of the truth revealed by Yeshua is the spirit of all of, of all prophecy. And and uh the King James Version said the spirit of prophecy. So we should have a mindset in reference to prophecy, and then there's another scripture that just popped in my mind in Proverbs chapter twenty nine, verse eighteen. Let's turn there. Proverbs 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of Yah. And then when you look up that word in the original Hebrew, it means prophetic vision. Or um, Let me look that up now in the original Hebrew. Yeah, revelation or oracle. So, and it's kazon in Hebrew. So this means, and then also in the complete Jewish Bible version, is certainly translated uh, correctly when he states prophetic vision. And so without a prophetic vision, the people throw off restraint. Read in the um, CJ 
JB, the complete Jewish Bible version. The people throw off restraint, but he who keeps Torah is happy. And so this is interesting because it tells you that part of keeping of Torah, of Torah is taking prophecy seriously, ladies and gentlemen, and our people have a problem doing that. So I, that's why I'm beginning this program here to help you to understand. There's nothing wrong with looking at world events. There's nothing wrong with understanding even more that we're living in the end times. But if if that's all you do, if that's all your Bible study is about, that's when it's wrong. So so we have to be do it in moderation, of course. But when things like that I'm going to talk about today has been happening for a while, and really I had no clue until you know God revealed it to me today through Michael Snyder on his website, uh, the economic collapse. I didn't have a clue that Damascus was actually being in the process of being destroyed. I, I just had no clue about. It. To me, that is major news enough to me for me to do two programs a day. <laughs> so I, I had no clue about that, and. Um, but God has chosen to help me to understand what's going on. And once I get this information, I'm going to spread it for free to everyone else. And I implore you to do the same thing. Share this program with as many people as you know that are concerned about what God says is going to happen to us in the future. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 8 to 13. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 8 to 13. It says now, and this, is, this is our people's attitude. This is prophesied for us to be this way in the end times. A lot of us are, are like this, unfortunately. Now go, Isaiah 30, verse 8, inscribe it on a tablet, write it for them in a scroll. This is a prophecy that there will be a Bible, so that on the final day, or it will be a witness forever and ever. This is uh, the complete Jewish Bible version. Let me change to the King James here. It's a clear translation in the King James. Verse 8 of Isaiah chapter 39, go write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. These end times. Verse 9, that this is a rebellious people. It's not good news. Lying children, children that will not hear the Torah of the Lord, of the Master, which say to the seers, these are the prophets, see not unto the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things or things that we want to hear. Prophecy deceits. And these people are people today that don't want to hear prophecy. They don't want to hear gloom and doom, and yet God says that's a part of understanding Torah. The first five books of Torah was written by Moshe, or Moses, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 11. Get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. We shouldn't have that attitude about prophecy, folks. We should not have that attitude. That's a wrong attitude. And if you want to run away from prophecy, you're not properly keeping Torah. You really aren't. Verse 12. Wherefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you despise his word, we can't despise the prophetic word, and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay therein. Verse 13. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach, ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall whose breaking comes suddenly at an instant. And so what he's telling us is that when you get callous about what's going on in the world and you put your head in the sand, then things are going to happen and shock you. And so that's the purpose of this Bible study, to help you to understand that you you can prevent yourself from being shocked by what happens in the world. And the way you do that is you pay attention to what's going on in the world. You are a part of the world. You are a human being. You are a part of this world. You can't say, well, everything's okay in my life. I, I'm making money. My my kids are, are um, 
eating and I'm eating and as long as everything's okay with me, everything's okay with everyone else. No, that's not true. Eighty percent of the people on this planet live on two dollars and fifty cents a day. That's that's not okay, folks. And just because everything's okay with you doesn't mean everything is okay with everyone else. You gotta explore you gotta expand your worldwide view. You you gotta expand your view, period. And be concerned about the uh, the poor, as the Bible commands us all to do. In Proverbs 29, verse 7, it says, The righteous considereth the cause of the poor, the cause of the poor. But the wicked regards not to know it. They, they, don't, they don't care. All they care about is, oh, how things are going with me and my family. You know, you can't be that way. And so let's get to what's going on in Damascus here, okay, before I run out of time. Uh, and I can go off onto other things. Anyway, I quote this from the Encyclopedia Britannica online. It's a credible source. Uh, this is a short synopsis, a summary about the Syrian civil war. In March of 2011, Syria's government, led by President Bashar al-Assad, that's the current president of um, Syria, and the capital city of Syria is Damascus. So this president faced an unprecedented challenge to his authority when the pro-democracy protests erupted throughout the country. Protesters demanded an end to the authoritarian practices of the Assad regime in place since Assad's father became president in 1971. The Syrian government used violence to suppress demonstrations, making extensive use of police, military, and paramilitary forces. Amateur footage and eyewitness accounts the primary sources of information in the country, largely closed to foreign journalists, showed the Syrian security forces beating and killing protesters and firing indiscriminately into crowds. Opposition militias began to form in 2011, and by 2012, the conflict had expanded into a full-fledged civil war. And I'm quoting from the Encyclopedia Britannica online. So that gives you a synopsis or a summary of what's been going on uh, in the Middle East and Syria. Now, what I did not understand until yesterday <laughs> is that Damascus has been going through a gradual, slow process of being destroyed. To me, that's major. Uh, I was doing some research online, and the other um, occurrence, maybe someone else uh, knows of any other situation, but during World War One, France had... Uh, had destroyed a certain part of Damascus, but uh, that happened during a time when there was not any nuclear bombs, folks. World War One, we didn't have nuclear armament, or we didn't have nuclear war, or not nu- nuclear war, but nuclear bombs, or thermonuclear bombs. And so what's going on now is even more significant than what went on back during World War One with France uh, bombing uh, and destroying uh, partially Damascus. So anyway... Since March 2011, Damascus has been going through a gradual destruction. Major news media are not reporting this. They aren't. The CNN and all these others. So you can't really focus on these major news media, which are controlled by the elite, the evil elite anyway. Uh, what you need to do is do your, your research and search out a matter. That's what you need to do, and the Internet is, is certainly the tool to do that. Now, however, it appears that the Bible prophecy about Damascus no longer being a city is in the process of being fulfilled. Yeshua 
told his believers to watch events so that we will not be caught off guard and to make sure we are obeying his commandments and instructions so we can be worthy to escape the horrible events that will occur in these end times. And I quote a couple of scriptures in Mark 13, verses 33 to 37. I'll read that. But before I read that, what I'd like for you to do, if you are live right now listening to me, then, or even if you're not, uh, if you're going to listen to this in the archives, then what you need to do is click the link that I have. And this is this is from the Associated Press, another credible source. It shows you the gradual or the bombing and, and how Damascus, the city of Damascus, looks. And this was um, uploaded to October 22nd of last year. But that's still pretty close. And it shows you what's going on uh, in Damascus. As I speak, is is the the city is 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 going through a gradual destruction, and so when you read this prophecy in Isaiah chapter seventeen, let's go there. Isaiah chapter seventeen, verse one, it states the burden, and that word burden uh, means prophecy. The the prophecy of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap, and it's already a ruinous heap. Is 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 uh slowly but surely becoming a ruinous heat. And so this is a prophecy you need to pay attention to. In verse 2, the cities of Aurora are forsaken. They shall be for flocks which shall lie down, and none shall make them afraid. In verse 3, the fortress shall also cease from Ephraim. And so in the area of the Middle East, uh, that area of Ephraim, that's going to happen. But also, when you understand who Ephraim is, the ten tribes of Israel, go to your Davidi's website for more information on that. But uh, when you understand who Ephraim is, uh, you'll understand that certainly Ephraim uh, involves the United States and the Western nations, uh, the countries of Northwestern Europe, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. Um, and it's telling you that uh, the Western nations are going to suffer from this. And it says, And the kingdom from Damascus and the remnant of Syria, they shall be as the glory of the children of Israel, says the Lord of hosts. And he explains to you what that glory is, and it's not what you think in verse 4. And that day it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob, or Yaakov, remember Yaakov, uh, his name was changed to Israel, and he had 12 children, which were the 12 tribes of Israel. The glory of Yaakov shall be made thin, and the fatness of his flesh shall wax lean. So this is uh, talking about some economic instability that will occur because of what's going on with, uh, with, with what's going on with Damascus. As I speak, so continue to look at this. It doesn't mean the end of the world, but it does mean that things are going to get worse. Now, one of the things that I want to point out, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand how God punishes countries and punishes people. And that's one of the basic doctrines of Elohim. And so let's let's read here in Ezekiel 14, verse 13. Uh, actually, Ezekiel 14, verse 12. The word of the master came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the land sins against me, or any land, by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out my hand upon it and will break the staff of bread. And so what he does first is break the ability to take care of yourself. He causes economic problems. He allows it to happen. That's what the staff of bread means. He will break the staff of bread there and will send famine upon it and will cut off man and beast from it. And in verse 14, he says, Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver their own souls by their righteousness, says the Lord. Okay, so I just want you to understand how 
Yah or God punishes, and He does this throughout history. And so that's one of, that's one of the major reasons why I'm giving this program to help you to understand when when we sin collectively, even as a nation, He is going to bring about destruction as a world. He's going to bring about destruction. And but here's the good news in Jeremiah 18 verse 7. He states, at what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and pull down and destroy. If that nation against whom I pronounce turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. That is even applying to Damascus right now. If they repent of the wickedness that's going on, uh, he, he will eliminate uh, the prophesied destruction to Damascus. It also is talked about in, in Jeremiah chapter 49. Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 23 to 27, states right here, Concerning Damascus, Hamath is confounded and Arpit, for they have heard evil tidings, they are faint-hearted, there is sorrow for the sea, it cannot be quiet. And remember, in the first chapter of Jeremiah, it is revealed that Jeremiah is a prophet, not only to Israel, but all the nations. Verse 24, Damascus is waxed feeble and turned herself to flee in fear, has seized on her, anguish and sorrows have taken her as a woman in travail. And you know, if you look at that video toward the end of it, you see a, a, a man running. So that prophecy is being fulfilled, folks. How is the city of praise not left the city of my joy? Therefore her young men shall fall in her streets, and all the men of war shall be cut off in that day, says the Lord of hosts. And I will kindle a fire in the wall of Damascus, and it shall consume the palaces of Ben-Hadad. All right, so... God reveals that Damascus is in trouble, folks, and it's in trouble as I'm speaking, and we need to, to pay attention to world events so we'll understand the times that we're living in, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the Great Tribulation is not going to start uh, tomorrow or whatever, but the prophesied problems, and we've had them throughout history, we're about to have them again, we are having them again, will occur. And if you want to escape those things and have God bless you while things are really bad you need to pay attention to what i'm telling you you need to uh, you need to read the prophetic books and you need to take them seriously ladies and gentlemen if you don't do that then you're going to get caught in this situation uh in second peter chapter three and this is a prophecy that's being fulfilled as i speak people doubting the prophets doubting what they say and what they have said through the inspiration of yah it's second peter three verse one this second epistle beloved i now write unto you and but which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, and that's what I'm trying to do through the written word here, through prophetic word, that you might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us of the apostles of the, of the master, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days, these days, these days we're living in today, in the 21st century, scoffers walking after their own lusts. What are scoffers? Uh, the Kony Greek here, or the Hebrew Greek? What does it say? It says it's a derider. It can be also a false teacher, a mocker, walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? So you get people saying, oh, well, the end's not here. We got we got plenty of time left. Uh, don't worry about it. Just kick back and relax. And I tell you, that is a lot, folks. We don't have plenty of time, nothing. Okay, so we, we need to, to uh, use our common sense. Uh, verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And this is, that's a lot. 
all things aren't going on from the beginning of creation. If you just do some history, it's not, folks. So let's not believe that lie. And we need to to take these things seriously, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to quote this last scripture, Mark 13, verses 33. I hope this program will motivate you to help you to understand we are living in the end times. And and uh, we, we shouldn't panic, but we should be aware of the times we're living in. And we should prepare for all the prophetic events that will occur in our generation. Mark chapter 13, verse 33. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. None of us know when the time is. We will, if we're still alive, when the tribulation starts, we'll be able to start counting. That's what Daniel chapter 12 is about, and I'll do a, a future Bible study on that. But anyway, Mark 13, verse 33. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. Mark 13, verse 34. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Verse 35, Watch you therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at evening or at midnight or cock crowing or in the morning. That's true. We don't know what time of the day he's going to come either, even though and when we we're able to count, we'd be able to count and estimate the day, but we, don't know, we won't know what time of the day he's going to come back. Verse 36, that not coming suddenly, he find you sleeping. And he's talking about sleeping based on your obedience toward him and also understanding what's going on in the world. We should be concerned about what's going on in the world. Verse 37, and what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. And so we need to watch, ladies and gentlemen. We need to not run away from prophecy. It's a part of understanding toward, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so that that's the purpose of me talking to you today to help you to, to hopefully wake you up if you've been asleep, to wake you up and to help you understand that we are in the end times. You just go to that video again. <laughs> you can see that the mosque is, is in the process of being destroyed. Now, I don't know when it will be not a city anymore. That's why he tells us to watch. So we have to continue to watch. And it reminds me of a prophecy in Ezekiel, Ezekiel uh, chapter 3. And he tells the prophet Ezekiel to go and, and speak to them and to warn them of what uh, is coming. And so, you know, we, we need to we need to uh, not be afraid of prophecy, folks. Don't be afraid of prophecy. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Now, don't don't have your Bible study just be focused on that, of course. So, but you know, Ezekiel was called a watchman, and I've heard preachers say that they're watchmen and all that. But you know, a watchman is, is someone who watches what's going on. And in Ezekiel chapter 32, actually Ezekiel 3 verse 17, it says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman to the house of Israel. And he says, give them warning from me. So it's, it's nothing wrong with someone warning when you see things that you warn people, hey, let's wake up. We're in the end times. Ezekiel 33, verse 2 says, Set a man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people in the land take a man to the coast and send him for a watchman. Let me read this here real quick. Set them as a watchman. If when he sees a sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, that then whoever heareth the sound of the trumpet taketh not warning. If the sword is come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. 
And he says, he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he has taken away in his iniquity. His blood will I require at the watchman's head. So, you know, I have a responsibility. If I see these things, we all have a responsibility. We see and understand that things are happening prophetically. We need to warn people. And if we don't, then he's going to hold us responsible. And so I'm going to go ahead and end that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to be back on the air 1030 Eastern Standard Time to talk about how God views respect and how we should respect one another biblically. So may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available again at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 